What's going on, everybody? This is Short-Term High Volatility Investments, brought to you by 1.37 p.m., a podcast about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, taking sports and data, and hopefully churning out profits. My name is Jeff Sheesby, one of your co-hosts. You might know me as the old man who bets, alongside my main man, Ant Latino. You probably know him as the odds fellow. We're looking to come into... And Ant, gut check me here. The best weekend of the year? I mean, one of them. What do you think? Best, second best, top three. It's bar none. Got to be in the top three of the conversation. I think the NFL is only trying to do more to get to the top one or two spots. Obviously, adding an extra game that we've never seen before. Yeah, we've got three days of football, which it's making it more and more competitive, right? I've got my number one weekend of the sports year as March Madness weekend one. You got day one, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But this is teetering into it with Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Yeah. You know what I think I'd prefer? Because I do love that Thursday, Friday special. I think the NFL should get creative and throw, throw on some Friday night football. Give me that That'd Monday amazing, game, dude. Friday, Friday night lights, baby. Right? Why would we need to stop at high school for Friday night lights? You're right. You're right. Where I think we're, you know, I, I'm in Westchester. I'm not far from the man himself. I'll, I'll go talk to Goodell. I'll figure something. Yes, out. please yeah. do. I'm currently down here in sunny Florida. A late Christmas trip because I did contract the COVID nineteen days before. Uh, but we're not going to get into that on this show. But we do have a fun show for you guys today. A little less scripted than usual. Usually we come in with pretty prescriptive picks ready to rock. Here we just got a bunch of data sheets in front of us, and we're going to talk through each game at a high level and hopefully a pretty granular level as well. Um, I do want to go back to March Madness for a minute because, boy, do I love that. I would love the opportunity for the NFL to give us that Thursday, Friday, so I can use more of my vacation days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I always do that for, for March Madness. And I was just feeling a little nostalgic and honestly a little giddy just thinking about that. But that show will come in, what, two months at this point? It'll be here quick before you know it. It's a, That'll be a nice thing to carry us through the, 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 the fact that football is over, right? We'll get some March Madness in the mix. Yep, exactly. And football is almost over, which is a scary, scary scenario. But, you know, a couple things to shout out. Shout out to my main man, Ant, right here. The odds fellow taking down, was it second in the Cappers contest? Not bad. Not bad at all. A nice little happy paycheck. What was the final record there? So the final record there was, for me, I think it was 42-30-1. But we did it on, like, a weighted points system. Mm -hmm. So I was actually pretty close record-wise, but just kind of missed too many two units compared to the guy who uh, who squeaked out in front of me, uh, Brian Bevo, for for a win at uh, number one there. He's a great follow on Twitter. Um, good dude, better person. Uh, so, you know, it was a fun contest overall. I, I th- did think I was going to be able to make a push. And then just a couple things didn't break my way in the, uh, in the last week. But, you know, finished strong, which is what counts. Yeah, amen. And I finished as weak as possible. Oh, for four. Just getting out of the money. Just getting out of the money. (laughs) I know. Absolute killer. But I was 40, 30, and one, man. You know, obviously profited on that. So no complaints on that. Winning or or placing in this thing would have been been gravy. Uh, But anyway, you know, we've got a pretty good podcast record as well coming into this weekend 32, 14, and one on the NFL between the two of us. Um, you know, one might say you listen to this podcast, you follow our picks, you make profits, which means listening to this podcast actually makes you money. Time is money. So we're going to keep this quick. And where should we dive in? Let's just start with the games. I have them in order on the sheet. You and I have been jamming on and prepping on a little bit. So I think that first divisional game, wildcard weekend, not divisional. So ignore me, ignore my, my slip up. There is Raiders Bengals. Uh, you know, a lot of times this is the non-sexy game the first one that they throw on the slate Mm -hmm. um you kind of get that feeling that that's what they did yet again here 
the sure. the the you know the Saturday start. I think it's uh should be a four or four thirty start. Raiders at Bengals. Actually, a rematch of a game that happened earlier in the year. Any initial takes for you? You know, I think it's going to be an interesting one. You know, we talk about data, we talk about narratives, right? The art and the science behind these picks. I think the the art side of things, the narrative side, is, is really, really interesting. You've got the Bengals, who obviously, you know, what, 34 points, 41 points last two games, and rest of their starters. Yeah. So they're going to make maybe out of flow. I don't know. That's one I always have a hard time, you know, kind of conceptualizing. And a young, and a young team. A young team, too. You don't know how they're going to react coming into these games, you know? Yeah, especially you look at, like, the Packers, right? Way more vets. They decided to play their starters at least for a half, maybe a half plus, just to, to keep them quote in rhythm so similar in I'm, dallas yeah yeah so i'm, I'm curious on how that's going to impact it and then the other side you know almost like the win your division in college football hangover type scenario where you win the division you tank the ball game you know it felt like that raiders winner go home game as epic as it was you know that was kind of like them you know winning getting in that felt like their super bowl do they come out flat after that or, or can they keep that momentum up so both yeah. of those I, i'm having a hard time really conceptualizing honestly in terms of, of a point output I think uh, you I might think even be able to apply points. that type of narrative to the Bengals themselves. You know, was their Super Bowl yeah. just kind of finishing out the season and winning the division? And obviously sure. the Raiders were in that elimination playoff type mode. But the Bengals last two or three weeks of the of the season, things broke their way. They took care of their own business and they won the division, which is not, you know, in a loaded division with the Steelers, Ravens, Browns, who were a preseason favorite from a lot of people, right. and then obviously the Bengals, they were obviously they were fourth, maybe ahead slightly in the futures market ahead of the Steelers because some people were down on them. But if I had to guess, looking back at it, it was probably fourth. So it was their Super Bowl? Hey, we we just won this division. Like you know, again, you probably got two teams that are. I hate to say it, happy to be here, right? Obviously, that's not how yeah. these guys think, but you know that could be one of the narrative points. Yeah, I agree with that, man. And I think the data is kind of interesting here, right? Well, we're looking at a line, minus five. Uh, full transparency, I did lock in the Bengals minus five, so just to give you guys you know, kind of where I'm coming from on this. Official, but, unofficial. You know, yeah, yeah, official. That'll be my first official play, and you know we'll dive into the why here. But you know, first let's just level set with a couple of definitions for for new listeners, for old listeners. You know, one metric that we really rely on on this show is called DVOA. It's a stat from FootballOutsiders.com, uh, and DVOA, defensive value adjusted over average, is essentially a measuring a team's efficiency by comparing success on every single play to the league average based on that situation and opponent. So it showcases a percentage of better or worse than league average outcomes on every single play of every single game. So the best teams in the league are generally 30% better than league average. The worst teams in the league are just about, you know, negative 30. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a way that, you know, it looks past yards, it looks past touchdowns, it looks past records and kind of just normalizes the data across the board, taking into situation, situational, the strength of schedule. So, you know, we look at that this weekend, um, you know, on this first game, and we're seeing some pretty, pretty similar rankings here in terms of overall we've got what do we have we have 19 versus 18 in this Bengals game which is you know right where it needs to be under a touchdown you know I think I think there could be an argument made for for both sides here but one thing that I was looking at you've got 19 and 18 in terms of just overall DVOA on the season they also have a metric called weighted DVOA which is just overvaluing recent games rather than early season games and there's a larger delta if we look at that uh, which is going to be number 20 uh, sorry, yeah, number 20 for, for the Raiders and number 14 for the Bengals. Uh, and that was something that I thought was was really, really interesting. Yeah, so that that for there is pointing to the Bengals. Once you normalize that a little bit, right, just to repeat it back to everybody, the Bengals would look better from an overall DVOA standpoint once you take out some of the recency bias or maybe how they finished against the schedule, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think I, I, I want to just keep backing this offense. Neither defense is particularly impressive, in my opinion. Yeah. Against and the that's what really stood out. That's what yeah. stood out for me. And I think my first official will likely be this total. I'm still going to check and, and see where it lands. But if I can get it around 49, uh, 49 and a half now before maybe it steams up to, you know, 50, 51 and crossing some key points, you know, being at 49 versus 49 and a half is a big difference too. When you look at some of these total numbers, but again, you alluded to, right? Like two very middle of the pack uh, defenses, you know, overall they come in at 17th and 19th on uh, Mm -hmm. from a defensive standpoint, neither really good against the pass, both kind of middle of the road against the rush. Um, You know, so I I think that does stand out for me. Now, another interesting point when you look at where this, because these teams did face each other, you know, back in week 11, which was November 21st. I don't know if that was a Sunday, Monday, or I don't, I don't have that down here, but sure. uh, Cincinnati won that game in Vegas, 32 to 13. So they covered the minus two. The game stayed under by a pretty good amount, right? It's coming in at 35 points under the 51 posted total. So, you know, for that thing to only to move a, a point and a half or, you know, two points, it was a little bit telling to me too. Um, sure. And when you really look at, you know, which I dug, as I was saying, you know, do I, like this over how do i feel lean versus official but when you look at cincinnati and who they've played when they played defenses that were you know about vegas's rating or, or worse which they had a lot of during the season uh they were averaging just north of 30 points per game so i think Cincinnati's going to come in and get it done much like they did in the first matchup again right in that wheelhouse of the averages i mentioned they scored 32 points in that game against the right. uh against the Raiders, they're averaging just a tick over 30 in these types of matchups. You know, it's just about, can you get enough probably from the Raiders to, you know, tighten up what they did in, in game one. And I think you will, I think that team is getting healthier. Waller's back now. Um, You know, they've overcome a lot of the challenges they've had. Uh, So that's, that's kind of my angle on it early on. Yeah, for sure. And again, I'm locking in the Bengals minus five here. Uh, It's on DraftKings right now. It's hovering between five and five and a half, depending on what book you're on. Obviously, I prefer the five to the five and a half, so I locked that in. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day here, you know, we look at that weighted versus DVOA. We're seeing an offensive increase, 15 versus 12. So overall season, they're 15. Recently, they're 12. like to see that uptick from the Bengals. And, you know, similar stats kind of across the board. The line's not telling me anything. Minus two on the road. They win big. You know, assume three points for home field advantage. It's essentially the exact same line now at home for the Bengals. Uh, But... You know, weapons-wise, this is where, where kind of my X factor comes in. Jamar Chase is balling. Higgins is balling. Boyd is balling. Playoff Joe Burrow, let's let's see it. And, you know, so it's like if you're going to take the three of them versus, what, Waller and Renfro, I think Mixon and Jacobs, you know, more or less a wash, maybe slightly lean towards Mixon. But um, I don't know. I think this Raiders team is overachieved. And not that this Bengals team maybe has as well. But uh, under a touchdown, I feel pretty, pretty okay with it. And, you know, looking at the DVOA versus spread metric, which, you know, I've been handicapping yeah. in on the last few weeks weeks um considered a strong line from cincinnati there's only a five percentage point dvoa difference between these two teams on the season as well as uh for weighted and non-weighted it's actually five almost on the dot for both of them so to have a five spread on only a five difference um is is what i would consider pretty strong so i'm gonna lock in that Bengals minus five and I think the last thing we'll leave you with that supports both the total and the the Bengals is when you look at opponent red zone scoring percentages for these two teams, which is what a defense is giving up when their opponents on offense are in the red zone. Uh, the Raiders are giving up scores at 81.4% of a clip. We that love is, that. That is bad. <laughs> that yeah, is man. bad. Now, the Bengals are sitting a little bit more around a league normal number at 603 
uh, not great either, but you know, not as egregious as 81.4. So again, I think a number that supports both sides here. Yeah. Big money. No whammies. Let's go Joe Burrow. Yeah. So Saturday night, a game that's close to your heart. The trilogy they're saying the trilogy, baby. Yeah. All the best movies comes in threes unless it's John Wick and then it comes right. in four, fives, and sixes. But Just keep rolling. Uh, yeah, don't ever stop. Speaking of which, Kingsman, new movie, pretty good. Not as good as the first yeah. two, but a nice addition to the series, a nice little origin story. Would recommend it. I'm very focused on Paw Patrol and Clifford the Big Red Dog right now. So. Nice, nice. Yeah. You got to keep the little ones entertained as own. well. That's right. But enough about fiction. Let's talk about some nonfiction here. We got the Patriots versus the Bills. Round three, as Ant said. I'm a Patriots fan, so this is a tough one for me, but. Gun to my head. I don't think I'm going to have a spread or, or a, yeah. a pick on this, but I do lean the Patriots in this one, Ant, and I think you might disagree with me. I do slightly. I think it was that second matchup that was telling. I mean, when you look at narrative, we'll get into the data a little bit. I think the Bills, you know, got that monkey off their back, storming back when they were not in the driver's seat for some time to win the division, right? And a big matchup mm-hmm. was that second matchup in New England where they went in and kind of throttled them 33-21. Now, I say throttle, right? I think... New England was battling back in that game, which maybe is, is, is some points you're hanging to. But I think that first game was so different with the weather in Buffalo on a Monday night uh, back in week 13 mm-hmm. when New England won 14-10 and threw, what, three passes to like something yeah, ridiculous. You right? can't even take that game yeah. into consideration, right? It, it was 50 mile per hour winds <clears throat> and pouring rain. Like that's not yeah. happening. It is going to be nine degrees, uh, a Very high cold. of nine. Very cold. But both these teams are used to that, right? New England and Buffalo. I mean, same shit, different day. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, look, from a DVOA standpoint, what stood out to me is the strength of these teams. We just talked about two teams that are middle of the pack defensively. Mm-hmm. Now you get two teams that are top defensively, right? The Bills come in actually ranked number one overall, and the uh, Pats sit there at number four. Um, again, both, in this case, stronger against the pass than right. against the rush, which you know even works well from a Pats matchup against the Bills because the Bills cannot run the ball. Um, right. They're running attack, and you even saw that in the 33-21 to 21 victory is is Josh Allen. How many times are they going to run him during the game and run him into a wall, which I do think Belichick's going to be able to scheme pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that second game was so funky because Isaiah McKenzie went off, and it seemed like almost just like somebody the Patriots didn't game plan at all. Thankfully, I had him on the DraftKings lineup, which was awesome. Yeah, because I think Cole Beasley missed that game, out. right? Yeah, so did Emmanuel protocol. Sanders and yeah. maybe even Gabe Davis. Gabe yeah. Davis, right? Yeah. Um, Nonetheless, I mean, whatever, next man up mentality, very similar to the Patriots. But, you know, I think what's interesting, Ann, is, you know, you look at that, quote, throttling, which I vehemently disagree with. We were within one score the entire game, and they scored on the final possession. We couldn't get there. You know, it was a good game. Slow start for the Patriots, but a hell of a comeback. And that's what I do love. But, you know, we got a rookie quarterback who's been making some rookie mistakes. Pick six last week against Miami. Um, And, you know, that that can't happen, right, especially in the playoffs. But, you know, what I think is interesting is, you know, you look at – we're talking DVOA here. Very, very similar overall. We've got, uh, what, nine versus 10. So it's right there in terms of offense. Four versus one on defense. You look at the weighted uh, overall. So, again, over overweighting the, the last couple games, call it week eight or week nine through, through 18. The Patriots are two and, and the Bills are three. So this is one of those games that, you know, data-wise is right there. I think on the eye test and just, you know, history right now, people are saying the Bucks are, I mean, sorry, the Bills are one of the best teams in the league. 
But yet you look at this line, we go back to, again, that throttling. And I only keep harping on that because I think that is I think that is the perception that most people, you know, especially look at that box score. You're not like, yeah. this is a good this wasn't a good yeah. game. But or if you it was tuned it out than, after yeah. after a while. Right. Because I think to your point, they did get off to a slower start. Very slow start. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look at this line, right? What is it? Four and a half after they win by 12. First game was three. So it only moves a point and a half. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at uh, the DVOA. It's very, very similar. I'm looking at yards per play and points per play offensively. Yards per play, both of these teams 5.7. The Patriots have a slight edge in terms of points per play. Defensively, Buffalo's got a yards per play advantage, 5.1 versus 4.6. But points per play, 0.292 and 0.285, both very, very good. Of course, caveat that both these teams had pretty average strength of schedules but that doesn't matter in this matchup because they played essentially everybody the same and then you know i even looked at into into weighted dvoa in terms of the versus just dvoa uh, at the actual percentage level on the season it's 23 versus 27 in advantage of buffalo a four percent four percentage point advantage there uh, on the weighted it's actually a five percentage advantage towards the patriots so every way I spin this, this is a good line for the Patriots. I think it's too small for the for the Bills. I think that last win of 12 points should show more strength here, and it's not. So do I think the Patriots are going to win? I mean, going on the road in nine-degree weather in a playoff with a rookie quarterback is oh, for sure an uphill battle. Um, so narrative-wise, don't love it. I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm optimistic. Um but data-wise, you know, I, I think the lean is the Patriots. Am I going to play it? Probably not. I don't need to double down on both my heart and my wallet. Um, but I, I think this is a tough one to handicap either way. I, I mean, I can see both sides. Yeah, 100%. I think where I might target, too, because I, I do think it is tough on both sides, is like a first half under. Um, see how these guys come out, you know, playing it conservatively. Like you said, the weather maybe being a factor. Uh, both teams defensively, you know, doing well. And, and anytime Belichick gets some time to prepare, um, especially for a third matchup, you know he's going to be prepared. Um, sure. So, so I think that's probably my early lean because I do worry about the backdoor type of of activity here that could happen on a somewhat low number of of forty four. Um, so that's probably where I'll look. You know, maybe some in game action again on that total if the pace comes mm-hmm. out really hot or really slow. Because if you look at you know again throwing out the first matchup, uh, these teams did pick up the pace at, at different points during that second matchup um, in the thirty three to twenty one game. So. We'll yeah, see. may the best team win. Oh, yeah. Which All right, so that wraps up for Saturday, baby. Sunday. Now we got Sunday, baby, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday Three. service. Three. A Three games. Letter. Yeah, they could have thrown that Friday night game in pretty I easily, know, huh? Right? I know you could have given me one, week. two, two, one. Yeah, that's yeah, probably a good That point. would have been sweet. And you start nice messing little. with the rest a little bit, right? The, the rest yeah. factor. Yeah, amen. All right, first game up here. Is that the Bucks? That is the Eagles versus the Bucks, which I think a game we both agree on that this might be maybe the uh, besides maybe one other. This could be just the, the just a team that's outmatched, right? Yeah, for sure. We've got the Bucks at minus eight and a half uh, at home versus the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, and you know I think we'd be remiss not to talk about their last matchup in which the Bucks won by six to not cover. What was a seven, seven and a half? But this is one of the worst backdoors of the season, if I recall correctly. The uh, the good old Eagles scored two touchdowns in the last ninety seconds, and then got a two point conversion Correct. to cover down fourteen, which the analytics tell you to go to do. A yeah. lot of people watching that game were like, "Why are they going for two down 14? 
but you know, here we are. Yeah, then you get a chance to win if you were to score again. Makes sense. But boy, was that tough to stomach as what should have been a win, covering for 90% of that game. Um, But anyway, let's get into the data here. And, you know, I think what's interesting, I'm just going to start with my DVOA versus spread analysis here. Pretty big delta here. We've got uh, the Eagles are 22.5% worse than than the Bucks at the team overall level. And something I'd like to do is comparing similar DVOA deltas to spreads to gauge strength, you know, in terms of like perception, not necessarily strength of against each other and against a record, but just strength of the weekly line. And so the only other game that's similar here is Arizona versus uh, the Rams. I'm looking at weighted DVOA right now specifically, so the more recent. Um, and that one's at 20.4 uh, difference. So 22.5 versus 20.4. We're looking at a 3.5 line for the Rams versus an 8.5 line for, for the Bucks. So that tells me that this is a very, very strong line for the Bucks. I get it. Underdogs have been cleaning up in the last five seasons of wildcard weekends. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not handicapping the weekend. I'm handicapping this game. Um, and, and this is just one that I, I do think the Bucks will roll at 12.5, mainly because of that, that line strength and that DVOA difference is, is pretty great. Yeah, I mean that one stands out, and I think the other the other part of the challenge here too is you just look at where the Bucks are from an offensive standpoint versus defensively where the Eagles come in, and I mean this is the most divide in a matchup from an offense defense DVOA standpoint that you're going to see across mm-hmm. the board in these five games. You know the the Bucks come in at the number one overall offense again. This is unweighted, and then the um, <laughs> the the Eagles are sitting there at 25th. So I think that discrepancy alone. Um, plus where the line landed is really telling to me, um, you know, good point differential that, that again favors the uh, Bucks. They come in at a 9.3 point differential compared to the Eagles at 3.5. The only thing I yeah. do think that works in the Eagles favor uh, to some degree is, you know, at, at least statistically, which I don't think passes the eye test as much. And I know we wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. The Eagles come in with a very good rushing attack, um, sure. you know, and, and the when you look at it again, statistically, um, the Bucks are a little bit worse defensively uh, against the rush. And when you look at some of these, we, we've used in the past pass rush win rate versus pass block and run stop win rate versus run block. So just seeing when these offensive and defensive lines or offenses and defenses are kind of matching up well against each other. And like I said, the one benefit to the Eagles is they are 71st, 70, 74% uh, a run block uh, win rate um, mm-hmm. for the Eagles. Uh, meaning they're running the ball really, really well. From a run-stop standpoint, the Bucks sit at 30% uh, success rate, which is good for 19th in the league. So maybe the Eagles can get a little bit going on the ground, but at the end of the yeah. day, that's ground and pound. I don't think that's enough to keep up with the number one rated offense here. Yeah, definitely big deltas on both sides of the ball there. Um you know, the, 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 the run D for the Bucks is super interesting, right? It's not number yeah. one like it was last year. Um, you know, DVOA, I think you just said it. What is it? It's uh, 12th, it right I think. Here. Number 12th. 12th. Yeah. Weighted. I don't have it specifically. They're 12th overall. Um, but yeah, interestingly enough, they are number three in rush yards per game. That then looks – you look at rush yards per <clears throat> attempt, it moves to 15. So there's something funky going on there where yeah. 12 and 15 but three in rush yards, maybe that's a little bit of just like game script. You know, teams have to abandon the run because this offense has been so good, so it makes them come out of what they want to do. I looked at this first game. The Eagles only ran for 100 yards that game, which is right around the average. 
Um, so that's tough for me. But and one thing I did want to call out, I think those are all really, really good points, of course, um, is just looking at what this Tampa Bay Bucks team has done when they've played a team a second right. time. And, you know, whether that's coaching or Tom Brady or adjustments or whatever, or maybe lack thereof, which is interesting, but very similar outcomes uh, on game one versus game two. Atlanta, you have they won by 13, they win by 23. You know, a throttling either way. New Orleans, we lose by nine both times. New Orleans has had their number with all that pressure and a good secondary for quite some time. Then you look at Carolina, and Carolina I thought was really, really interesting because they're playing with a banged-up offense during these two teams. Not that Carolina, you know, obviously they fizzled out as hard as you possibly could, but you win by 26, you win by 24 in Week 16 and then 18 with a depleted roster. Gronk's more involved, Brate's more involved, Mike Evans is balling, they're getting Lenny back. But if we extrapolate that, you know, history does repeat itself here. You're looking at a no cover, but should have been a cover in game one. Does that then mean they come out and throttle again in game two, combined with that DVOA to spread ratio, which I considered very, very strong? I think the answer is yes. And I want those bucks at, at minus eight and a half. Yeah, I want to get it before it goes to nine. Or if I see any eights out there, I'm going to I'm going to scoop it up. So that's an official for both of us. The Tampa Bay Brady's. Minus eight yeah, you love some good alignment there. That is for sure. I think alignment, we're uh, we have probably undefeated lifetime, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, can't lose, baby. XXX. Trying we to did finish 32, 14, and 1. 32, 14, and 1 profit. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty decent profit. But yeah, so Bucks minus 8.5, I think run out and get it. Again, you know, bucking the trend that underdogs are killing it, I get it, but I don't know. Yeah, I like well, it. Let's go to a tighter matchup, or what I hope. I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't want it to be a tight matchup. We go from your your heart and soul, primetime Saturday, to mine. Right. In the 430, America's Game of the Week. Tony Romo will be on the call. I don't know how Fox, Joe Buck, and Aikman fumbled getting this one. But we got early <laughs> 90s, Niners and Cowboys, baby. I'm reliving what hooked Grinded. me early on. Hell yeah. You know, Hell back yeah. in 91, history 92, 94, and history 95. Itself. Like, uh, we're back, full circle. Uh, I hate this matchup. Let's start there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are the San Francisco Niners the hottest team in the league? Demo Samuel. I think maybe, we'll maybe. We'll tell you, yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's putting that time Montgomery, you know, wide receiver yeah. to running back thing, but then doing it 100 times better. This man can't be stopped. Anytime he touches the ball, it's almost a touchdown. Yeah. How, are, how are the Dallas Cowboys going to stop Debo Samuel? What keeps me... So somehow the Cowboys ended up when, when I logged into to, to PFF to, to go check some rankings. Uh, mm-hmm. I was shocked to see the Cowboys number one as the number one overall squad from mm-hmm. a DVOA standpoint. Uh, so yep. that's one good thing going in our way. But I want to hear what you want to what you have on the weighted. But I think where they could stop it right is is the defense is healthy. Um, those guys up front that they didn't have for a lot of the year, at least playing together. And I mentioned this yesterday with the dad bods, yeah. it, you know, Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, some of the other big fellows up front. Those guys are all finally healthy and back in the lineup since early in the sure. season. Uh, they finished the season strong because of that. Now that spells really well for the pass rush. So I'm hoping they can get mm-hmm. San Francisco into some passing downs and Jimmy G into some tough spots. Maybe it's some unforced errors with penalties. Maybe it's some stopping the run on the early downs. But what worries me a little bit is the way you know Kyle Shanahan approaches the game with that run-heavy offense because the Cowboys, at least statistically, and from the eye test, were not the best against the run. So that's where I think the matchup could struggle. But if they can get into some some longer down situations, I do think the pass rush and the overall talent and depth on the defense hopefully should take over. Yeah, yeah and I think that... I think that rush is the X factor here, right? We're looking yeah. at defensive DVOA 
the Cowboys are 16th against the rush. You know, if you look yeah. at what the San Francisco 49ers did so well, beating similarly good teams like the Rams, especially in that first matchup, battled for time, uh, control of the clock, and really just beat them in the trenches, which I think is super, super interesting. Um, you know, looking at all versus weighted here, it's, it's pretty good on, on both sides, honestly. The biggest delta is definitely... Um, on the non-weighted defense, you've got 16 and two for the, the 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 Niners aren't great against the pass, which obviously is a strength of of Dallas. But then the inverse of that, the Cowboys aren't great against the strength of the 49ers. But looking at the weighted overall here, I've got Dallas at number one, and the 49ers at number five, and that's obviously far higher than they were for most of the season, which I think is interesting. And looking at DVOA to spread here, I would have to lean towards the 49ers. Yeah, it's a pretty stock line. You know, it's a pretty stock line. Yeah, minus three, super whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, we look at similar DVOA differences here, and I guess, well, this we'll get to the next game here. But, you know, you, the the Bengals are five percentage points better. The Bills, depending on weighted or not, or the Patriots is, is four. Those lines are four and a half and five, respectfully. And they've got San Francisco, who's 10 percentage points better. And this line's only three. Like, that's interesting to me. That's why, you know, data-wise, I do towards the 49ers. Anecdotally, they're hot as ever. They're beating teams. Um you know, like my heart wants to back the Cowboys for the eye test, for the talented roster, for your fandom. Um, but this is most likely, I think, going to be a stay away for me. I think it's a yeah. super hard line. I think it's a coin flip game. I think teams are, are, are playing great football, are great football teams. But I had to play this I'm playing the 49ers plus three. Yeah, and, and I don't hate that. It could be a good emotional head spot for me. I think that's what the numbers say. I'm looking forward to the matchup. I think the other lean for me, because the numbers seem super high, I think part of that is, you know, the, the, the public perception of who's going to be hammering this thing. You know, a lot of 49ers mm-hmm. and Cowboys fans scattered across America to probably more public teams, especially with the Cowboys. But the other public piece of this, I think, is the over. You know, sitting at 50 and a half is a big number uh, mm-hmm. on a playoff weekend. Now, you could argue that's telling because it's a big number. These two teams did not play during the year, so we don't have much to go off of. But I do think a big part of that is the offensive efficiency from a DVOA standpoint. Um, these teams come in at fifth and sixth, respectively, the, the Niners and Cowboys, respectively, at fifth and sixth. So I think you're getting a little bit of inflation there. But when you dig into what these two teams do defensively and how they match up against each other, you know, that spells that the Niners could get find some early downs success running the ball, um, sure. but have problems with the pass rush. So, you know, that may churn out some more clock. Uh, you have a Cowboys offense that largely against the better teams did not look like it was too in sync even down the stretch so you know what kind of footing do they come out with so again i think probably an under under lean here i think two teams that get after the quarterback from a pass rush win rate standpoint the niners uh at fifth the the cowboys at 12 similar percentages 46 to 42 percent there's not a ton separating there uh but neither of them are blocking that too well again right so i think you got pass rush a lot of running the ball maybe a little bit out of sync, an inflated number, and I, I do lean under. Might make that official before we get too close to the weekend. Yeah, I will have one caveat on that over, or that over or that under there. And in terms of yards per pound offense, the oh, best of the weekend are 6.1, the Tampa Bay Bucks, 6.1, the San Francisco 49ers, and then it's 6.0 for the Dallas Cowboys. So, so chunk plays. 
Yeah, and that that you know, you talk about art versus science, the eye test versus yeah. the smell test. You know, it doesn't feel like the 49ers offense was moving six point one yards per play. And no, I could see that with Dallas so. and Tampa, but but even exactly. when you stack those three up against each other, you don't think about San Francisco in the same light of those two other two offenses, weapon wise, weapons wise and stuff. For sure, defense with slight advantage yards per play for San Francisco, but points per play is advantage for Dallas. So watch there, and again, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Everything's the same. I'm going with the underdog three point favorites. Were um, probably won't be an official play. Maybe it will be. Maybe I'm going to wake up feeling dangerous on Sunday morning and say, "Let's go. Let's bet one of these games." But as of right now, lean 49ers. No official play for me. Love it. On to the Saturday nightcap. A little also rematch. We had a couple of rematches. Sunday here. nightcap. I Sunday believe, nightcap. Yes. Sunday nightcap. Sunday, 8.15 p.m. Steelers, Chiefs. Uh, quick reaction. Are you shocked Big Ben and Mike Tomlin are in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, they have no business being in the playoffs, man. This is I mean, not st- a When good you talk statistics, this is, the worst, this is the worst team by far that, that made it. Yeah, overall offensively, they're 25th. Overall defensively, they're 14th. Against the rush, they're 27th. That's a huge hole. Against the pass, pretty good eighth. Um, but nonetheless, this is one of the largest EVOA differences this week. They shouldn't be in the offs, period. Big Ben looks like he is sinking in quicksand every time that he steps back to pass. Um, do I love the Chiefs defense? Absolutely not. But you know, I was talking to the good old Sharky Waters Nation earlier, and he made a good point that big spread total, you know, it's almost like Vegas is telling us what to do. A 31-10 final feels pretty good here. Taking the Kansas City Chiefs minus 12 and a half. Um, probably for an official play. I haven't locked in yet, but as soon as I get off this live stream, I, I'm, I'm planning on doing so. Little sprinkle, and I also like the under to your point there. And I think what what you and the shark were talking about. I mean, it's it's pretty telling that it it stuck around the number. Um, you know, it's hard to lay double digit points with anyone during in, in the NFL. But if you look at what this season told us, a lot of these guys uh, did cover. There were big discrepancies between these teams, and you know, with the Eagles and the Bucks and the Steelers and Chiefs, you really have. Very different matchups here, and, and the Steelers looked helpless, frankly, in that first right. game uh, against time. the Chiefs. So tough to back, tough to back. Yeah, and you, know, you even look at weighted versus non-weighted, so full season versus recent season. The Steelers have gotten two percentage points worse in, in recent recent, where the the Chiefs here have increased by seven percent. So that's pretty good as well. You know, I don't love the at thirty six point eight delta in terms of percentage of efficiency here. I would have expected the line to be bigger than 12 and a half, but it's still right in that range. You know, I had it anywhere between essentially like 11 and 15. Um, I think a big part of that is you get sharp. You probably got sharp money coming into the Steelers as soon as you hang a 12, a 13 or right. a 14. I think you're probably yeah. going to get that all the way north of 10. You know, looking at how some of these sharp groups bet the Bear, the Browns in years past. It's just a lot of points to lay. You know, that's the problem. Yeah, especially in the playoffs, especially with those under trends that everybody's yeah. loving. You know, as soon as it goes up, people are coming in. I, I have the public or, or the, the hand versus bet splits yet for this week so that'll yeah. be interesting um but i'm opt- cautiously optimistic i'd say that money's gonna be coming in on, on the chiefs um you know i know yeah i'd want to see the spread and say value and space right. but you know i think the other thing i think this is one of the stronger lines yeah i know you usually see the DraftKings ones which are, are pretty good on action network at least it's saying uh you have 47% of the bets driving 59% of the money on the Steelers. That means 53% on the Chiefs spread driving 41% of the money. Um, but it's a pretty low ticket okay. count so far. So True. 
Gotcha. Yeah. All right. But yeah, that one, um, I, I just don't have anything good to say about the Steelers, honestly. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs, so I don't think we need to spend too yeah. much time. I, on I that do think game. you're going to get I, the, the one wrinkle, I think you're gonna, probably going to get a better defensive effort from the Steelers than you did in the in the first matchup. Uh, can they keep up? Probably not. But again, I think that's what could spell for that under, you know, maybe a, a 28 to 7, 31 to 10, 33 to 10 type game uh, that you'll see. Yeah, feels good to me. And that leaves us with one game left, the Monday night football. First time ever we've had Monday night football in the playoffs, I think so. I think so. We had a week 18, so, you know, yeah. it makes sense. Unprecedented times with unprecedented outcomes here. Probably one of the better games of the week, right? We got the Rams versus the Cardinals. Cardinals have fallen off recently, though. What do we make of that? If you, I don't know if you heard the – I should pull it up. I should have pulled it up before this, but the Cliff Kingsbury records after the month yeah. of, like, November on are, are horrendous professionally college uh which is maybe is telling for a cliff kingsbury led group you know could also be kind of guy likes the hot weather but at least they're gonna be in beautiful la the dome's gonna be open closed do we have any concerns there tbd tbd i think but but you alluded to it like these teams you know statistically are pretty close they also in the same division which i think is always tough we have this same thing going on with the Mm -hmm. uh, patriots and bills matchup again a third trilogy type matchup for these two teams like the Patriots and Bills these two teams split uh, both winning on the road uh, during the regular season but it was kind of that tale of you yeah. know uh, that, that that tale of two stories here with going in different directions so the Rams got it done ended up winning the division uh, they come in ranked a little bit higher but again that's only uh, eighth overall compared to 15th they're very similarly ranked defensively um, and offensively uh, you know no, sorry, the 8th and 15th, so they come in better offensively, which was not surprising, gotcha. you know. I think yeah. what was surprising was the, the Cardinals' defense was still up there, even though they struggled mm-hmm. a little bit at the end of the year. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm looking at you per play, points per play, yards per play on offense, 6 versus 5.6 in favor of the Rams. Points per play, 4.35 four, versus .39, also in favor of the Rams. Defensively, both of those stats also in favor of the Rams. It's close, for sure. I, the line I don't love, right? I think the line speaks everything about the Cardinals. Um, you know, especially yeah. if you look at weighted versus unweighted. If you look at just overall season DVOA difference, the difference between these two teams is only ten percent closer to eleven. But you look at the weighted, which again is always overvaluing recency bias, increases to twenty. So the Cardinals have decreased in ten percent efficiency over the course of the season, where the Rams have only changed by zero point four. So about the same. And you know, again, recency bias. You're looking, you're watching the, the stats. You're seeing Stafford throw a few interceptions and whatnot. Uh, but Cam Akers is back. Tony Michelle has looked good. Um, you know, again, the, the line, it, it, the di- with a DVOA difference of 20, you know, the only comparison there, again, is that Philly game, and that's an eight-and-a-half line. So this to be only three-and-a-half, I think that screams for the Cardinals. But literally yeah. every other data point for me screams to the Rams. So yeah, I think this is going to be a no-play for me, and I want to go with the Rams here. But back my hind eye, now I am thinking a little bit about sketchy line, underdog trends, you know, all the things don't want to be sneaking in there is sneaking. So I yeah. know, Monday night, maybe I'll feel different about it. Maybe it'll move enough where I feel like we can find an edge. Right. Um, but this line, I think, should have been closer to six. You'll be honestly. able to take all your profits, your profits from Saturday, Sunday, roll it into the Cardinals money line, and then you'll be fine. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Uh, you have any official play on this game? 
I think the official for me is going to be the under. So uh, I feel like I'm picking a lot of unders and a lot of favorites, which is going to smell a hot mess. But that's where that's what the data is telling me. But on this one specifically, I mean, we look, we talked about these two teams matching up division teams playing each other again that fit the narrative nicely. The real telling thing for me was the line itself. Right. Just looking at some scaling here. Uh, you have a line that's sitting at 49 um, mm-hmm. opens lower, you know, although be it slightly some key numbers here that it's crossing. Uh, opens lower than the two totals previously. So we had 54. That game sailed over with 57 points in the first matchup in week four. You come down a few ticks even again. I think I played the under in week 14 just looking at this and the way the Cardinals were playing at the time and being a little bit banged up. And they set it at 51 in the week 14 matchup. And that thing barely got over uh, at 30-23 at 53. So Mm -hmm. to drop even further, go 49, give me a little more playoff football here. I do like uh, the under in this trilogy matchup. Yeah, for sure. And I just worry about it. You know, I worry about Arizona without Hop. You know, obviously Kyle is a a video game. but I don't know. This defense is fierce on the other side of the ball. So Yeah. I mean, look, you talked about – Kyler and obviously they have to stay in their lanes. I played a little defensive end, played a little defensive tackle. You want to check tape? We can we can do that. You know, <laughs> I, I, I know what I'm talking about here. But the the pass rush win rate that I did like to key in on, the Rams are first at a 53% win rate. Right, so they can get pressure. You know, can they contain? Might be a little sure. bit of a different issue there. Uh, the pass block win rate on the other side for the Cardinals is 61%. So you talk about Hop, you talk about maybe not winning that matchup from a a pass rush standpoint and, and that could spell trouble uh, for the Cardinals offense to get going. Yeah. Yeah. makes sense. Um, so conclusion here, I'm on the Bengals minus five official play. I'm on the bucks minus eight and a half official play. I'm on the chiefs minus 12 and a half official play. And what were yours? I am on the Bengals Raiders over 49 and a half. I am on the bucks minus the eight and a half, the consensus family play. We're definitely going to dominate that thing. Uh, knock on mm-hmm. knock on something and then i am on the cardinals rams under 49 so an over an under and a side i'm well-rounded uh i might have to go get you guys a, an underdog to really complete the the, the square yeah. there yeah so balanced dan we appreciate that and this is actually the most pick I've ever had i think on the podcast both of us playing free uh we'll see how that goes We've yeah well hey it went well but... when me and guns did it your 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 guest co-host filling in for you we we did six and we went six and oh so hey yeah is that good dude i think think that's good yeah (laughs) i love that shout out to guns for obviously making that guest appearance when i wasn't available which honestly big shoes for me to refill in terms of overall pick savviness as well as handsomeness i feel like i'm over two right now but we'll see how that goes and i also see you wearing a keep betting sweatshirt i appreciate you supporting my brand thank you for that we gotta get some of uh, our swag out there you know we got some merch ideas coming, so we're going to have a little fun. Yeah, some investor T-shirts for short-term. High volatility investments. I think that's a wrap, man. Thank you guys for listening. As always, this was, this will be, this continues to be every weekend, every week. Wednesday, 1.15 p.m. This is short-term volatility investments. Thank you for listening.